Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast with Matt Giglio. And Mindong. It is currently day 14 without March Madness. Yeah, sad. Pretty sad. It is always March, though, on our podcast. That's an ongoing theme. Of course. All right, to kick things off, we have some breaking news. Uh, Yesterday, the NCAA had made a decision on player eligibility for the winter and spring seasons. And they made the conclusion that spring sport athletes will get an extra year, but winter sport athletes will not get an extra year. What do you think about this decision made? Um, I have mixed feelings. I, I'm not surprised that they're not giving winter an extra year. They already played 30-plus games already. It's too far to the season. Um, but I just feel bad for the seniors. What about you? Yeah, I mean – they, they played all the regular season, and it kind of sucks that they can't do the actual tournament. But um, I think it's uh, at the end of the day, I think it's the right decision because, like, like, like I said, they played the whole season already, and it'd be nice if they could do the tournament at a different date, but I don't think they're going to be able to. But I think this was the right decision. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Well, speaking of the tournament not being canceled – we are making our early decisions for next year and the way too early top 25. And these are our predictions going from 25 all the way to one. So we're going to start at 25. Who do you, who do you have at 25? At 25, I have Texas, your team. Yeah. I feel like uh, they have a good experience coming back. I'm assuming five-star Greg Brown is coming and I don't think Shaka can miss it up the second time around. Um, Shaka, if you ever watch this, you got to bring back your full court press, man. That's what made you get hired at Texas in the first place. It was just very successful at VCU. Bring it back. It's <laughs> fair. Surprisingly, I don't have Texas on my list. At, uh, but at 25, I have Oregon coming in there. Um, Oregon, they lost Peyton Pritchard, obviously, but they got a couple of their guards coming back and Will Richardson. And they got the big man, Dante, coming back. But, um, yeah, Oregon's got a lot of transfers coming in. And they also have a four-star recruit coming in. He's the, he's a point guard, so he's probably going to fill in for Pritchard's role. And um, I think the Pac-12 is wide open this year, in my opinion. But um, I think Oregon has a good chance of winning that next year. All right, 24, who you have? I have UCLA. They also have a bunch of experience coming back. Mark Cronin has done a terrific job there. He's probably one of the more underrated coaches. We'll get that next episode. And they have they also have a five-star coming in. Yeah, I mean, I have UCLA there too. They got the five-star coming in and Knicks. And uh, most of their teams staying, like you said, so they're going to have experience. And like like Oregon, the Pac-12 is going to be wide open next year. And um, I think UCLA and Oregon and Arizona State will be the three front runners, in my opinion. Mm. And we'll talk about Arizona State later. Mm. All right, 23, who you have? I have Northern Iowa. I, I, I had to put a mid-major in this. I just needed to. You can't sleep on Ben Jacobson. He's a terrific coach at the mid-major level. He deserves a high-major spot coaching role. Um, Northern Iowa is just one of those teams that are consistent every year. They have the – I believe they have A.J. Green, the player of the year, in the conference coming back, and I think he'll lead them to a deep run. All right, 23, I have Richmond. I mean, 
Richmond is kind of one of those teams that, like, they got, like, a loaded class, and they're all experienced, and none of them are going to leave. And, um, I mean, yeah, Richmond almost made the tournament last year. I don't think they would have made it if they got selected. But, um, I mean, no one's leaving from their team, and they're going to have a lot of experience and veteran leadership. And, um, yeah, I think the A-10 is going to be a lot different um, this year, uh, next year than it was this year considering Dayton's going to not be as good. So um, I think Richmond will be one of the front runners for the A-10, and I, I think they'll be at six through eight seed in the tournament next year if everything goes right. Mm. All right, uh, 2022? 20, no. Yes, 22. 22, yeah, yeah, sorry. At 22, I have Arizona State. Like the previous three teams, they have experience coming back. Remy Martin decided to test the waters, but I believe he's coming back. I think they're going to land Josh Christopher, and they're just a fun team to watch. All right. 22, I have Illinois. It's kind of my sleeper team for next year. Not many people see them on the radar. Uh, most of their team's staying. They got Kofi, the big center, who's kind of their anchor down low. They got a couple of recruits coming in, and Adam Miller, and he's kind of their, like, spot-up shooter guy. and. Uh, they have someone going to the draft. I don't. I'm not sure about his name, but um, I know he's considering going to the draft. But he might come back, and he was one of their starters last year. And Illinois is also one of those teams that's in the list for a lot of the transfers. And um, if they can snag a couple of those, I think they'll be a pretty decent team next year in the Big Ten. All right, 21. Who you have? I have Michigan. I feel like this could go up or down depending on the decision of Isaiah Todd, but. Either way, they have a couple starters coming back. They have a top five recruiting class as of now, and depending on Isaiah Todd, that could be better or worse. Yeah, I mean, repping the Michigan basketball right here. I mean, yeah, I have Michigan at uh, 22. Um, not 20, like 20 as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, like you said, Zay Todd, it kind of depends on if he stays or leaves. Um, they lose some veteran leadership in Xavier Simpson, but um, – they have three of their returning stars coming back, and they also have, like you said, a top five recruiting class, and they got three, four-star recruits coming in. And, um, yeah, I mean, I could see them going up to, like, 15 maybe, like, when it's all said and done, but I could also see them dropping out of this um, top 25. So we'll see what happens with Michigan. All right, 19, who do you have? I have Richmond. This is going to be – their year for the A-10. I'm not so – I won't be surprised at all if they go undefeated in the season. Really? Regular season, yeah. No seniors this past year. They're returning everyone. They they finished third in the A-10 with no seniors and with Dayton and everyone there declaring for the draft. The, the A-10 next year is theirs to lose. Yeah, I mean – yeah, I agree with that. Um, 19, I have LSU. LSU last year kind of had a shaky season. They were, they were in the top 25 for a couple of, uh, weeks, and then they were out for a couple. And I think they ended up back in at the end of the season. Is that right? Or were they not in there? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, it was a down year for them. Yeah, if they, were, if they were in it, then they were probably towards the bottom because they never really made it to the top. But, um, yeah. I mean, LSU has a five-star recruit coming in and Cam Thomas, and um, they have another four-star recruit coming in. And 
I think it honestly depends on who stays for them. They got a lot of people testing um, free agency. I mean, not free agency, testing the NBA draft. And they have um, Skylar Mays, who is transferring um, out of there. So um, I think it depends on who comes back and who stays on their team. And like Michigan, that could fluctuate going up to like maybe 15, but also dropping down to like out of the rankings. All right, 18, who do you have? I have UNC. Um, I feel like everyone has them too high. Yeah, they have a top three recruiting class. Actually, the number three recruiting class, three five stars and two four stars. But after this past year, I'm I'm not going to go that high yet. Maybe Roy Williams could turn, flip it, flip the switch. Yeah. But, I mean, I – I'm one of those guys that has them high, but I'll talk about them later and why I think so. Um, what is this, 18? 18, I have Arkansas. Um, like like LSU and Michigan, it kind of depends on who stays. Um, they have Mason Jones. He's probably going to declare for the draft, but there's a chance that he could come back, and he could be the front runner of that team. But if I were him, I'd go to the draft. We talked about it in a previous episode. But um, – Arkansas also has four four-star recruits coming in, and Moses Moody's kind of the front runner of them. And I think that Arkansas could be uh, one of the front runners from the loaded SEC next year. All right, seventeen. Who do we have? I have Louisville. Um, they're going to bring a lot of experience back, especially David Johnson, their point guard. Probably going to be one of the better point guards in all of college basketball next year. They have two four-stars and the best Juco, Jay Scrub, who's – I believe he should come back. And uh, if he does come back, that ranking will go higher. But for now, I'm going to keep him at 18. 17. 17. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have Louisville on my list because they're, they're, like, all over the place. And I'm not really sure how they're going to turn out. But, uh, yeah, 17, I have Rutgers, um, one, of your, one of your teams. Um, Rutgers got a lot of experience. They don't got anyone leaving. And, um, I mean, last year they they were, like, a tournament team. And without anyone leaving, I think they bring a lot of veteran leadership back. And they also got a former four-star recruit transfer. Um, his name's Cliff. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But, um, yeah, he can bring a lot of uh, good talent and big um, rebounding for the Rutgers team. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think they have a chance to win the Big Ten. But, I mean, like I said, the every conference is wide open right now. And we don't really know what's going to happen. All right, uh, 16, what do we have? I have Houston. They're bringing a lot of talented freshmen from this previous year back. Marcus Sasser, Caleb Mills. Um, they have, they're bringing a four-star in. And if Quentin Grimes stays at Houston, they're going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I have Houston here as well. I think, I think like you said, it depends on if Quentin Graham stays or not. Um, if I were him, I'd probably go to the draft. But, I mean, if he stays, then, yeah, Houston, Houston's going to be that top team in the American. And the American kind of collapsed after this year. I mean, you saw what happened to Wichita State. And Tulsa, I don't think Tulsa's going to be that good next year. And, um Memphis, obviously, kind of fell apart. But, um, yeah, I mean, Houston's that team in the American. I think they could 
I think they could um, maybe go undefeated in conference play if everything goes right for them. All right, um, 15. Um, I have Rutgers. Um, like you said, they have tons of experience. Eight of the top nine scores are coming back. Uh, they bring in, like you said, Cliff, who's a top 40 recruit, their highest recruit in 10 years. And I'm officially going to say, I'm hopping into Rutgers bandwagon. <laughs> Scarlet Knights bandwagon? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, right here, I have Texas Tech. I mean, this might be a little low for them, but um, I think that this is a good place for them. They have a five-star recruit in Amari Burnett coming in, and they also have another four-star recruit coming in. And they bring three of their starters back, and I think Texas Tech, um, they'll still be a good defensive team. And I think with Burnett coming in, they have a lot more offensive power, and I think that's what they lacked um, this year, and that's why they weren't as good as they could have been. All right, 14. I have Wisconsin. Um, they, bring, they have tons of experience. When Kobe King left, they were even better. They bring in two four-stars and another three three-stars, and they're, they're bound for a deep run next year with the, all the veterans they have. Yeah, um, 14, I have San Diego State. You have them a little bit higher. I don't know why you have them that high, but um, – I think it all depends on if Malachi Flynn comes back or not. Um, he was he was the star of their team, and I think if he if he goes, then the Mountain West is going to be wide open. But if he stays, I think that San Diego State will be undefeated in conference play again. Mm -hmm. So it all depends on him, honestly. All right, thirteen. Uh, this is actually fourteen. Just no. Yes. Okay. Um, I have Texas Tech. I'm doing this solely on the fact that Chris Beard is a terrific coach. Yes, they do have a – they have Burnett coming in a five-star. But you can't sleep on Chris Beard. He's one of the best coaches in college basketball. Terrific coach. And if Jamarius Ramsey, I believe his name was, is coming back, they're going to be top ten. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that as well. Um, for uh, fourteen, I have Wisconsin. You already talked about them a lot, but they have a ton of experience coming back. And I mean, like I've stated, and for a couple teams, the Big Ten's gonna be wide open. And Wisconsin last uh, this year, they were like they were one of the front runners, and they were like a dark horse in the Big Ten. No one really saw them doing that well. And um, yeah, I mean. Um, like you said, they have um, two four-stars coming in, and I think they can make an impact right away. All right, now we have 13. Who do you have? I have Tennessee. This is my team. Um, I wish I could put them a little higher. Yeah. This past year was a tough year. They have a top five recruiting class coming. Um, yeah, top five. They have two five-stars, Springer and Keon Johnson. They have a great transfer, and they have four-stars returning. And, yeah. Just a good team in general, good mix of young talent and veterans, and I think they have the pieces for a national championship. Yeah. Um, 13 here, I have Florida State. This might be a little low, but I think this is a good place for them. Um, Florida State has a top five, um, top five prospect in the class 2020, and Scotty Barnes, and 
I think he will be an impact right away for Florida State. And they have a couple guys going to the draft, and Trent Forrest, and uh, his last name's Jackson. I don't remember his first name. And, um, yeah, they're going to need a lot of role fillers. Um, most of their bench is staying, so they're going to have to fill into those starter roles and the sixth, seventh man role. And if everything goes right for them, I think they can be a top team in the um, in the ACC. All right, um, 12, who do you have? I have Duke. I, I think most people have them top 10, maybe even top five. Uh, they have a terrific recruiting class this year coming in four five stars, I believe, and two four stars. They have Matthew Hurt returning. Um, it's Cassius Stanley returning as well. Yes. Um, I don't know. I think they're too young, to be honest with you. That's why I have them at 12. But they're still a really talented team. I think just too young for me to put them higher. Do you think they were young this year? Uh, yeah. I thought yeah. they were young this year. They had a couple solid veterans, but they, they, they didn't really lead the team. They were just role players at best. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, veterans coming back, like – Jack White, Jordan Gordwire, they're going to be role players. I don't think they're going to be the leaders of the team. Maybe Matthew yeah. Herbert and Cassius Stanley step up. But right now, I, I just think they're a little too young. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Um, 12, I have UNC. Um, sure, you might say it's a little high, but I think this is a good place for them. Um, they have three five stars, and Caleb Love's kind of the – I think he could be one of the best point guards in the nation as a freshman. And – they have two four-stars coming in as well. And uh, Armando Baycott and Garrison Brooks are both staying. So that could be the starting lineup right there. And uh, Cole Anthony – has Cole Anthony declared for the draft officially? No. Yet? Yeah. No, not. So I could – there is a possibility he could come back. I don't think it's likely, but I think there is a possibility he comes back. And if he comes back, then UNC should be in the top ten. But – Hopefully nothing goes wrong like it, it happened this year. All right, uh, number 11. Uh, Michigan State, they're losing Cassius Winston, maybe Xavier Tillman, but they have, they're adding the Housers. They're adding one of the Housers and two four-stars. They, they have Rocket Watts. I think they're still going to be the same team they were this year. Maybe a little bit more better offensively, but – I think they're going to be the same team. Yeah, completely agree. Um, number 11, I have Tennessee, uh, a little bit higher than you. Um, I think Tennessee is going to be a very good team next year, back to what they were a couple of years ago with Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield. Um, Tennessee has two five-stars coming in, and uh, Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson, and they have one, uh, one four-star coming in. Um, they've put their name in a lot of lists for transfers, and um, – they, the only starter they lose is Lamonte Turner, and the rest of their starters are coming back. They still have Josiah James, who was probably one of the better uh, players for them last year. And, yeah, I mean, they might not have as much experience as some other teams do in the SEC, but I think Tennessee will be one of those uh, sleeper teams to watch in the mm -hmm. SEC, definitely. All right, number 10. I have San Diego State. Um, they have four stars 
returning Malachi Flynn declared for the draft. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he doesn't. If he doesn't come back, I think they have a good recruiting class. Che Evans is coming in. He's a point guard. I think he is exactly like Malachi Flynn, just younger. Uh, I think he'll step up into Flynn's role if Flynn doesn't come back, and they will be the same team. That's why I have them at ten. Yeah, I I have them pretty low, but uh, yeah, you have a good case for him. Um, you might think this is a little low too. I have Kansas at number ten. Um, from what I saw, Kansas, I don't, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were this year. I mean, sure, they have a five-star in Bryce Thompson coming in, but if Devin Dotson actually declares for the draft and leaves, they're going to need a lot more experienced players, and I don't, I personally don't think they have that. They don't really have a star they can turn to right now, and they're going to need, they're going to need role fillers. But I think, I think they'll get them, and. But as of right now, I just don't know who's going to fill that role in. So I have them at number 10. Mm-hmm. All right, number nine. I have Florida State. Um, yeah, they're having Scotty Barnes come five-star, but they're losing Trent Force, Max Williams, and uh, Devin Vessel, I believe, all yeah. to the draft or graduation. Um, Leonard Williams, he's a gr- underrated coach. Um, they're bringing – Seven rotation guys back. Leonard Williams is not afraid to play his whole roster if he has to. And I think um, they're going to be good again with those role players and Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Um, I have them a little lower, like, but you have to make a good case for it, obviously. Um, number nine, I have Michigan State here. Yes, like you said, they they lost Cassius Winston. They're probably going to lose Xavier Tillman. But – they get one of the Hauser brothers, and if if you guys don't know, the Hausers played at Marquette two years ago with Marcus Howard, and they they averaged about uh, seventeen to like twenty points a game. Not both of them, but like they're around that numbers, mm-hmm. and they are they are like big men, and but they can shoot the ball very well. Would you would you say that's a good description of them? Yes, they're stretch bigs. Yes, definitely, and um. I think with one of the Housers going to Michigan State, I think they can be a pretty good team because Hauser can definitely fill in for Tillman. Maybe not in the rebounding aspects, but he can fill in the scoring aspects. And, um, yeah, they get two four-stars coming in. And, they, like I said, they do lose their veterans, but I think they have some experience in Rocket Watts and Malik Hall. And I think they can still be one of the top teams in the Big Ten next year. All right, number eight. I have Iowa. Um, they're returning all their starters. I think Luca Garza's thing. It's going to be an exciting year for Iowa, and um, they have Jordan Bocanon, their point guard. The past three years, four years actually, he just took a redshirt injury, redshirt this year. He's going to be back. He's a very good point guard, and it's going to be a fun season in Iowa, and they could be national championship contenders. But hmm, I don't know about national championship contenders, but uh, yeah, I mean, I have Iowa here as well. Like you said, I think I think Garza is gonna stay since he got snubbed from the Player of the Year. But uh, he didn't get snubbed. yeah, no, he, didn't what, get he didn't snubbed. get snubbed. No. Well, whatever. I mean, I think he's gonna win it next year because he's gonna be hungry, and I think <laughs> yeah, like you said, all their stars are gonna come back and. I think I was going to be a force to reckon with against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, number seven. 
I have Kentucky. They have yeah. a crazy good recruiting class coming in. They have Keon Brooks coming back to a good veteran leader. And five guys have already declared their name for NBA drafts. Maybe some of them come back, like Emmanuel Quickly, EJ Montgomery. But I think they have just too many good freshmen um, that will step up. And the reason I have them higher and not Duke higher, I don't know. I think Coach Calipari is a better coach than Coach K. In my opinion. That's interesting. Well, he's a better recruiter, which means he's gonna have a better team. Not that's not that's not necessarily true. And that's my opinion. <laughs> All, right. All right, you can have your opinion. Um number seven, I have Virginia. This might be a little low for them, but I think they lose a lot of their key veterans and Mama Diakite uh and Brandon Key. Um uh they Sorry. Um, they had a Hauser brother, the other one, and um, they're, both like the same, they're both like the same player, so it doesn't really matter who they get. But um, they get a, two four-stars, and one of them is Abdul Rahim. Uh, I don't know how to say his name. Abdul Rahim Lahim or whatever. They get his son, and he's, a, he's like a good stretch, uh, shooting guard, and he can stroke the ball. And, yeah, I think Virginia's going to be back, and I don't think they'll be as – uh, shaky as they were this year. Number six. I have Kansas. This is a team that I don't really want to put high, but, you know, I I have to put high. Um, they have a five-star coming in, uh, Bryce Thompson. They have um, Isaiah Moss returning. David McCormick showed a lot of potential in Aduka Azabuki's, Aduka Azabuki's backup. They have Okai Hub. Hagbaji coming also coming back. And yeah, I think if Devon Dawson stays, they're gonna maybe enter my top five, top three. Yeah, I mean, uh based on Dotson, that's why I have them so low. But uh number six, I have Duke. Um, like you said, four or five stars coming in, two four stars. They have a loaded incoming class like Kentucky. And um I think the freshmen will be uh, leaders for their team. Uh, this incoming freshman, like Cassius Stanley and um, Matthew Hurt. And um, there is a possibility Vernon and Carey will stay. I don't think it's very likely, but there is a possibility. And if he stays, I think Duke will be a very good team next year. All right, number five. I have Gonzaga. And I don't, I don't really like Gonzaga. I don't follow Gonzaga much. I know they have Jalen Suggs come in. They have two four-stars coming in. They have veterans back, and they're going to be the same exact team as they were this year. But I don't, I don't really like Gonzaga. Something about yeah. it. Yeah. It's because they're playing a weak conference? It's not that. I just don't like Gonzaga. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, I have Gonzaga here too. I mean, like you said, Jalen Suggs is coming in, and he is going to be a problem. I think he's a very good Especially prospect. the WCC. No yeah, I know. WCC is a very weak conference, in my opinion, and I think he's going to tear it up, even as a freshman. Um, they also have two four-stars coming in, and um, they lose some of their veterans, but one of them that's staying is Philip uh, yes. Petrusev, yeah. who was on the AP All-American second team. Is that right? Third. Third? Yeah, yeah, third. But if, if you haven't seen that, you should check back to 
previous video. First episode. Yeah, first episode. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, Gonzaga will be the same team as they were last year. So not very surprising or entertaining, in my opinion. All right, uh, number four. Uh, Virginia. Virginia defense is just elite. It's on another level, and that's what gets them going. They have two starters who are upper profit, Jay Huff and uh, Kihi Clark coming. Um, they have the Hauser, like you said, and they have Jabari Abdurrahim. And Virginia's defense is Virginia's defense. They're among the elite at defense. That's why they get this top five ranking for me. Yeah, uh, number four, I have Kentucky. You might think it's a little high, but I'm, I'm big on Kentucky's incoming class. They got three five stars, B.J. Boston, Terrence Clark, and uh, – yeah, yeah, no, I don't remember who the third one is. But um, they also have three four stars coming in. Isaiah Jackson's one of those guys. And um, like you said, um, five of their guys are testing the NBA uh, – draft but um I think some of them will come back and they will bring veteran leadership and they do lose a couple guys they they lose Nick Richards who was kind of their big man down low but um I think one of the uh, incoming um recruits are gonna fill that role nicely and they might have a shaky start but I think after everything gets um rolling I think Kentucky will be the top team in the SEC Mm. all right number three I have Baylor. They have most of the guys coming back. Davion Mitchell. Macy Oteague declared for the NBA draft, but I just think he's testing the waters. Mark Vito, who is one of the best defensive players in the country. And uh, Tristan Clark, who you guys may have forgotten about, had a terrific senior, I mean, sophomore year and fell off this year. If Jared Butler comes back, that'll make it even better. Top number three is pretty good for them. Yeah, I mean, most of their team stand, like you said. They also have two four-stars coming in who could be good role players right from the jump. Um, Honestly, I think Jared Butler is going to stay another year because I don't think – I think he'd get a lot more stock out of next year. And this year, I don't think he'd be that high on the draft boards, in my opinion, honestly. And, um, yeah, I mean, if – Everything goes right for Baylor, and most of their team does stay. I think I think they'll be easily the front runners in the Big Twelve, and not like not like this year, but I think they can be a lot better next year. All right, number two, I have Villanova. Um, they have everybody returning. Maybe Sadiq Bay stays in the draft. Maybe Jamiah Robinson Earl stays in the draft, but I think they're both coming back. They're returning everyone from a team that won a share of the Big East. And, yeah, they're legit next year. They're going to be legit. Yeah, I agree. Thumb and um, my number two, Creighton, we have them flip-flopped in the rankings. But um, I think Creighton deserves the number two spot, in my opinion. Um, just like Villanova, no one's really leaving their team. And they have a four-star coming in, and they have a lot of vets. Tyshawn Alexander is definitely one of the best players in the Big East coming in next year and um yeah I mean I think Creighton and Nova will be a good battle for the Big East next year all right and number one I already said it but 
I'll go first. Oh, Creighton. I've been, I've been hyping up Creighton ever since the first episode. I've been hyping up Creighton before this podcast has even this yeah. podcast even existed. Creighton is just my team to win it all next year. Tyshawn Alexander is coming back. Marcus Ziggurat, he's coming back. You cannot sleep on him either. Um, Coach McDermott, they won the biggies without a big man. And now they're getting two top 100 big men. And that would just make their team even better. I have nothing else to say. Yeah, okay. Um, my number one is Villanova right now. I mean, most of their team's staying. I think Sadiq Bay. I think Sadiq Bay will go. But I think Robinson Arrow is going to come back. And they have a lot of experience. They got Glipsy. They got Samuels. They got um, Robinson Arrow. Even though he's like a freshman, I think he's experienced. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think – I think they're going to be the front runners right now in the Big East, but um, things could change. I'm not like, – it's it's really close between Nova and Creighton right now, in my opinion, but um, I think Nova has that edge. And uh, Jay Wright, uh, I think he's the better coach than um, McDermott, but um, I guess we'll see next year. Mm. All right, moving on. We moved on to next year, but we're going to come back to this year and we're going to make our final four predictions that we're going to be for this year. Obviously, the final four was supposed to be next this weekend. No, next weekend. Was it this weekend? I think it might be this weekend. weekend. This weekend, yeah. And, um, yeah, so we're just going to run through our predictions quickly and why we think these teams deserve the spots. All right. I have BYU. They were just bound for it. They had a lot of seniors. Yoli Childs, 25 points a game. TJ Hall is 15 points a game. And Jake Toulson, 15 points a game. And when you have a great point guard, a great big man, and one of the best three-point shooters, along with more three-point shooters, you're just going to make the Final Four. Yeah. Um, my final, first Final Four team was Florida State. Um, they're not going to be the same team next year, but um, they had a lot of experience this year. They had Trent Forrest, they had Williams, um, and they had um, – what's his name? I don't remember Vassal. his name. Yeah, Vassal. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, Florida State, they're kind of that, like – they're one of the most experienced teams, like usually every tournament, in my opinion. And I just think they had the firepower this year that they didn't have last year. And last year I picked Florida State to win it all, and they came a little short. But um, I thought this year that they were going to go pretty far. And it's sad to see that we can't find out, actually. All right, second team. I have Seton Hall. They battled injuries throughout the year, but they were finally healthy come tournament time. Miles Powell, Quincy McKnight, Romero Gill, and you can't forget Sandro Mamakilishvili. They just had all the pieces, had all the role players. They were finally healthy, and it's kind of sad to see Miles Powell and Quincy McKnight and Romero go and their and their careers like this because they they would have had a deep run. Yeah, I I have them here as well. I thought I thought Seton Hall's gonna make a good run. I thought they're probably gonna be a two seed in my opinion, and uh, that could have fluctuated depending on the Big East tournament. But um, yeah, I mean Miles Powell was the guy for Seton Hall and he was he was something to watch. Um mama mama was hurt most of the year but uh 
he came back for tourney time, and I thought Seton Hall had the experience, and I thought they were going to go very far. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it's kind of sad to see all of them uh, take a sad exit out. All right, uh, third team. I have Dayton, Obi Totman, Jalen Crutcher, um, and they have a lot of good role players. Dayton, their only two losses were Colorado. Colorado got, 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 got lucky, in my opinion, and Kansas in overtime. But Dayton was a competitive team against everyone. And that's why I have them here. Yeah. Um, right here I have Oregon. I thought, I thought Oregon was going to go very far in this tournament. I mean, last year they, they kind of shocked a couple people. They were a 12 seed. They almost beat Virginia, who was going to be who were the national champions last year. And um, yeah, I mean, I thought Oregon was going to be hungry this year. They didn't really lose anyone from last year, and they had Pritchard, who was who was like the guy for them. And they had Richardson, and they had Dante, who was who came back who came back in the middle of the year. And I thought Oregon towards the end of the year were playing their best basketball, and they had a couple shaky losses in the middle of the year, but. I thought they found the pieces at the end of the year, and I thought they were going to make a very good run. All right, final team for you. Last team, Florida State. Like you said, Williams, Trent Forrest, and Max uh, De Devin Vassell. Sorry. Those guys spearheaded the program. Um, they also had seven and eight more role players that Leonard Williams had. And when you think ACC, you think Louisville and Duke this year because they were both number one. But Florida State was the regular season champion, and nobody ever talked about them. Like, come on, you got you to gotta hype up Florida State this year, but nobody did because there was just, quote-unquote, two better teams in the ACC, but there really wasn't. Yeah. I mean, for my, for my final pick, I picked, I picked one of those teams, and I picked Louisville here. I mean – Louisville, like like I stated earlier in an earlier episode, they kind of had a they had a good year, but they could have had a great year. Um, Jordan Noor was kind of that guy for them, and it's sad to see him leave. But um, I think I think they had good experience, and I thought that Louisville was going to go pretty far in this tournament, and they probably would have came to a three seed, if uh, three four seed maybe. But um, yeah, I think they would have shocked a couple teams that they played. and I thought they could have gone very far. Mm. All right, now we're going to decide who our champions were. What do you have? Florida State. I feel like that lack of hype would give them no pressure at all because, like, you know, number one teams normally face all the pressure. They have all the targets on their back. I think Florida State had no pressure, and that's why I think they, they, they would play freely. They would win. Yeah. Um, I had Oregon's my uh, champs. Terrible, terrible. I would never trust a Pac-12 team to go all the way. Yeah, well, like I said, like you said, they were under the radar and no one saw them coming. And I thought Oregon was gonna go pretty far. As of the Pac-12, Pac-12 was terrible this year, man. I no, I agree, but I think Oregon was gonna be a sleeper team as a five or six seed, and I thought they were gonna go very far, and I think they would win. That is my opinion. All right. I I probably I probably would have had Florida State Oregon in the finals, but um, yeah, I think Oregon was a better team last year than Florida State was. All right, you can have your opinion. 
You can have your opinion. All right, uh, moving on. We have some more transfers, and we're going to start with Kevin Marfo, uh, the Quinnipiac transfer. He committed to Texas A&M, and Texas A&M has been under the radar for the past couple of years. Do you think that they will be back next year? Yeah, yeah. I think Buzz Williams surprised a lot of teams when he went to Texas A&M for Virginia Tech, and he surprised a lot of teams in the SEC. He finished seventh in the SEC, and it was supposed to be a rebuilding year for him. And it's supposed to be a rebuilding year this year as well because they have a pretty good recruiting class coming in 2021. But maybe this year they'll get – they'll sneak in. Kevin Marfro, kind of like a Robert Williams prototype who also went to Texas A&M. I think that's why. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that comparison. But um, in my opinion, I don't think the Aggies are going to be that experienced. And I think experience has a lot of – a lot to do with going into the tourney. And I think the SEC is going to be loaded next year. And I don't think Texas A&M is going to be one of the top teams in that. And for that reason, I don't think they'll make it. I mean, there is a possibility that the SEC turns out to be what the Big Ten was this year. But I just don't see that as a possibility. Next up, Bryce Aiken, Harvard. 16.7 points. A game this year and he only played seven games but last year he really tore it up 22 points three rebounds three assists he's heard from a lot of blue blood and high major teams where do you think he should go um i think he should go to a big east team um i think some big east teams are lacking talent and i think if Aiken goes to one of those teams like seton hall or marquette i think that he can be kind of like uh, maybe not the star, but he can definitely be possibly a starter on their teams, in my opinion. And, like, yeah, he's kind of, like, slept on. I, I got to watch him a couple times. And, uh, he was, he's, like, a, he's a good shooter, and I think he can bring a lot of, a lot to uh, Big East team. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Big East is where you get ball-dominant point guards who score a lot. And like we've seen with Seed Hall, Miles Powell, Marquette, Marcus Howard, I think Bryce Aiken would be terrific here because he likes to score the ball. And he, he also has two years left. So maybe he could develop into an NBA guy. Yeah, that, that might be a stretch. But, I mean, you never, you never know, honestly. Um, next up, uh, Carlick Jones, Radford. Uh, yeah, it was 20 uh, points per game, five assists last year. He was the big South player of the year. Uh, his final eight include Louisville, West Virginia, Gonzaga, Maryland, Texas Tech, Michigan State, Marquette, and Radford, surprisingly. Where do you think he's going to go? Might sound dumb, but I think he'd go back to Radford. <laughs> Why? Um, just just end, the, end with the school you started with, you know? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't think he's going to stay at Radford. I think he will test his luck in a high major team. And I think I think West Virginia would be a good fit for him. Um, they lose their big man. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. But, um, I mean, yeah, Carlick Jones, he's like – he's not like a big, big man, but I think he can provide some rebounding and defense for West Virginia. And West Virginia is kind of under the radar, in my opinion, and I think – they can be a uh, – I mean, they were, like, third, 
I think they were third last year or this year in the Big 12, and I think they can be one of those top teams again next year if he goes there. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, Nate Johnson from Gardner-Webb committed to Xavier. Uh, about 14 points a game, five rebounds a game. Solid 3 and D guy. Do you think this is a good fit for Xavier? Yes, I do. They, they, they were one of the worst three-point shooting teams this year. He's a he's a three-point shooter. He, also, he works hard. He plays defense. And Xavier needs that three-point shooting because they really struggled from it last year. And that's why they struggled last year because their inability to hit three-pointers. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, uh, next up, uh, Trey McGowan's from Pittsburgh. Uh, 12 points a game, four assists per game. Final eight, Nebraska, TCU, Seton Hall, Auburn, Alabama, Xavier, Old Miss, Arkansas. Where do you think the best fit for him is? Um, I think an SEC team, he'll be close to home. He's a South Carolina guy, I believe. Just goes home. And I think he just got a little homesick. Because he's really talented. That's why he came to Pittsburgh, because, but Coach Chapel just didn't use him well at all, and he got worse from his freshman to sophomore year. Watched a lot of Pittsburgh basketball on the ACC network, and he was just struggling out there. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh didn't have the greatest season in my opinion, and um, yeah, I think I think like you said, he's gonna go back down south. I could I could definitely see him going to Auburn or Alabama. Maybe Old Miss, but I don't think Old Miss is a good place for him. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, if he goes to Alabama, I think that's a great fit for him. Uh, like, we, like we said in the last episode, Alabama is going to be a pretty good team next year under the radar. And um, I think he can bring a lot of scoring to Alabama. And depending on, like we said, if um, Petty and uh, Jones – yeah, if Jones and Petty go – then they need someone else, and I think McGowan's can be that guy. All right, next up, Drew Bugs, uh, Hawaii native. Not Hawaii native, but he, he went to Hawaii. Um, Ten points a game, five rebounds a game, five assists per game. He led the Big West in assists. Many Pac-12 and uh, West Conference co- uh, schools are interested, as well as Wichita State and Iona. What do you think uh, he brings to a team, and what do you think is the best fit for him? Uh, first of all, the best fit for him, I think, is Cal. Um, he just recently said he had a death in a family. He wants to move closer to his family in California. So that's and Cal is the only California team that's offered him, uh, in like in California. <laughs> and uh, he's a he's an all around point guard. Like you see, ten points, five rebounds, five assists. Plays good defense, and moving closer to home is also the best place. Yeah. I mean, like like you said, Cal, if Cal is the only team that's going to offer him, then I'd go to Cal. But if some of the L.A. teams like USC and UCLA offer him, I, I might consider going there because they probably bring a lot more talent um, than Cal. Yeah. No offense to Cal. I also no think Cal, Cal would give him the bigger opportunity because Cal's struggling program. That's fair. But – um. If if I were him, I'd I'd want to go to USC or UCLA and maybe maybe win a championship because I think USC might be struggling a little, but they do get Evan Mobley coming in. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
UCLA, we talked about them earlier. They're they're like a dark horse team, and I think they can win the Pac-12. And Drew Bugs, I don't I don't think he'd start on UCLA, but I think he could be a six man and a good role player for them. Next right. up, Tyrese Martin, URI, Rhode Island, thirteen points, seven rebounds. He's heard from a lot of schools: Nebraska, Louisville, Ole Miss, Miami, Marquette, Temple, and Arizona State. Should he make the jump to a Power Five conference? Uh, personally, I don't think he should. I mean, URI, they were they were a pretty good team this year. They finished second in the A10. And I think Fats Russell kind of stole the show for URI. And sure, Tyrese Martin had 13 points a game and seven rebounds. But I don't – I think if he makes the jump, then I don't, I don't think he'll produce as much as he wants. And I think if he stays in like a mid-major – uh, mid to high major, then I think he can produce a lot more for a team. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You are high as something special going on. They got the Mitchell twins, and who else did they get? Um, they got someone from Colgate, maybe. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember yeah. his name, but yeah, they, 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 got, they got three good transfers coming in, and Fats Russell might is probably coming back and they're going to be a tournament team next year. If Russell comes back. Yeah. Uh, next up, Ferran flavors, junior. That's a very nice name. Uh, Cal Baptist committed to Oklahoma state. He averaged about 14 points a game, four rebounds a game. Do you think this is a good fit for Oklahoma state? Yeah. Um, he's an offensive minded player and he's going to be a great second, third option alongside Cade Cunningham who's going to draw all the attention, of course. Yeah. Recruit. Yep. I think, yeah, I think Oklahoma State, they've, they've had a couple iffy years the past couple of years, and I think this year they can do something special with Kate Cunningham and with Flavors Jr. coming in. I think he brings a good, like, like you said, a second or third option to their team. And Oklahoma State, maybe they can be back to what they were, like, five years ago, maybe. But, yeah, Marcus Smart era. Yeah, the Marcus Smart era, exactly. Uh, next up, Al Tariq Gilbert from UConn. Uh, former McDonald's All-American. He had a lot of injuries at UConn, and he's going to Wichita State, I believe. And do you think uh, – will, will he prove that he was a top 30 recruit under Greg Marshall? think he's gonna ruin his stock like usual um the past three years could have been worse for him i think with greg marshall everyone's transferring uh he's gonna get a big 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 opportunity at wichita state i think he's gonna make the most out of it he's gonna become an all-conference player this year that's my prediction yeah i mean hopefully he plays him and i mean hopefully he doesn't make that much mistakes or else I won't see a lot of playing time. No, they don't have anyone to play. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is fair. They don't have anyone to play. All right. Uh, next up, Rich Kelly, Quinnipiac, committed to BC. Uh, 17 points a game, five assists per game, four rebounds per game last year. He's a very good shooter. Do you think how, – how would Jim Christian use all these talented point guards and guards? Um. I think he's going to play three guards and two forwards. He has a ton of good guards. The Lang, uh, yeah, the Langford brother. Wait, 
Demar, Demar Langford. Yeah, Langford brothers. He has Winston Tabs. He has Jay Heath, and now he he gets Rich Kelly. They're one they're one rebounder away from being a solid team. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm honestly surprised why he chose BC. I mean, BC like you like you said, they have a lot of talented guards and. I'm not really sure if Jim Christian's going to use all of them to their abilities, um, right? I think I think like you said, they probably will use a three guard set, but I don't I don't see him using all these guards efficiently, just like Chris Harron Jr. and he transferred out. So yeah, they have a lack of front court depth. But if Jarius Hamilton stays, hope you stay, Jarius. They're going to be competitive. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've had a couple of shaky seasons. Um, maybe they can bring it back to the Kai Bowman and Jerome Robinson days. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next up, Jalen Tate, Northern Kentucky. 14 points a game, five rebounds a game, four assists per game. In my, in my opinion, he's an all-around point guard. Um, for, right now, the front runners are Cincinnati and Xavier. What do you think is better fit for him? Um, Either team is a fit for him. He's from Cincinnati, so I'm not surprised. Both these colleges are at Cincinnati. Clearly, Cincinnati is in the name of Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, um, I think Cincinnati is a better option. Northern Kentucky, they play in the Horizon League. Cincinnati kind of closer competition level while still being competitive, in my opinion. Right? Is that – yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, the Cumberland brothers are gone. So yeah, that's Cincinnati, right. That's right. Cincinnati's going to need someone to step up. And I think Jalen Tate will go to Cincinnati. Yeah, like he you does say. remind me of Jerron Cumberland. Yes, he does. And I think he could bring the same presence as he did. And Cincinnati, they don't really have anyone coming in. But uh, who, know, who knows, I guess. All right. Uh, final guy. Uh, Cartier Diara, Kansas State. Uh, he's a grad transfer. Uh, he's committed to Virginia Tech. Uh, he averaged 13 points a game, 6.5 rebounds a game. He struggled last year without Dean Wade. Do you think Virginia Tech's the right school for him? Uh, well, Cartier Diara is a very interesting person. He, he averaged single digits his first two years. Um, that's with all the talent around him. He's a great role player. But this year, he was the lead guy, and the pressure was just too much on him. And if you watch Kansas State basketball, he was he had a lot of yelling matches with coach with the coaches there. Virginia Tech, I think he's going to continue with his bad attitude because they're, they're going to continue to struggle this year as well. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the ACC. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with Alexander transferring, I think he was probably their best guy last year. And, I think if he leaves, which he probably will, then DR is gonna have to be the top guy. And like like Kansas State, I don't think he's gonna do that. And he'll just have another bad season. Yeah, and I agree. he needs talent to show how good he yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. And like last year or this year, without Dean Wade, they kind of struggled. And Kansas Dean State Wade was awful like, this year. yeah, Kansas State was horrible this year. Yeah, but uh, um, worse than Iowa and, State without Tyrese Halliburton. That that is true. Without <laughs> Dean Wade, they're very terrible. And uh, 
yeah, that's that's going to conclude it for us today. Um, next next episode, we'll talk about some NBA prospects, and we will talk about the underrated coaches, which yes. we're excited to talk about. And uh, yeah, thank you for viewing. And uh, thank you. We'll see you later. It's always March. Yes, sir. <laughs>